Welcome to our 20th episode of Kyperion Commentary. I'm your host, Yuri Brito, and I'm here with my good friend, Sean Johnson. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing well. Sean, we are only a few days from the beginning of the Advent season, which for us in the liturgical tradition is the, the, the genesis of the church year. I want to begin just by plugging a great book, and it's by Sister Joan Chittister, and she is a, a very, very gifted writer. And she has given us a great gift in this book. So let me encourage you all to pick up uh, Joanne's book, the Liturgical Ear, The Spiraling Adventure of the Spiritual Life. Anyway, that's my, that's my plug for today. Do you want to plug anything? I got nothing to plug. You got nothing to plug. <laughs> all right. I hope I get a little commission out of this plug. <laughs> We're going to begin talking about uh, Advent just to share a few uh, general thoughts. And I think as we um, approach the beginning of the new church here. I think for a lot of evangelicals listening to this kind of conversation, I think they're a bit befuddled by it, right? It's a little bit strange. What's this business of Advent? I think we've all heard of, um, we all are very familiar of Christmas and Easter, the two sort of more uh, evangelical church uh, church days uh, that even your typical evangelical will celebrate. But Advent, that's a bit bizarre. It sounds like um, it doesn't sound something very Protestant, does it? It doesn't. That's true. And when we come to the, the beginning of the Advent season, um, what's Advent mean, by the way, for our listeners who are beginning this conversation anew? Uh, yeah, well, the, the term itself correct uh, means coming. Uh, so to, to Advent is to arrive. And so the season of Advent is the, the time we're awaiting the arrival, the coming of the Messiah. Okay, so you, you've hit a couple of real important themes here. The theme of awaiting, the expectation, right? The longing that comes with it. Sean, let, let's begin a little bit with a little uh, biogra- autobiographical. I grew up in a, uh, in a tradition that uh, feared anything that sounded somewhat Catholic or had liturgical, <laughs> liturgical bumper stickers attached to it. And Advent was one of those. And I think the, the fear of it was the fear that if we added Advent then necessarily we would have to add other church days. Uh-huh. Of course, the evangelical tradition I grew up with had no problem in celebrating um, national feast days, right? <laughs> uh, Fourth of July is, of course, the biggest of all feast days, uh, Memorial Day, and all that comes with its own sort of um, vestments and pyramids. Sure, Thanksgiving. Uh, thanks- absolutely, it. absolutely. We just, we just uh, uh, passed through that uh, feastful phase of American life. <laughs> And we all don't blink. We don't blink at all when it comes to these holidays. We, oh. we celebrate and we feast. But when we come to the church calendar, we're a bit skeptical. What's been a little bit of your, your experience and that skepticism overall? Uh, well, I grew up uh, more in a tradition that just didn't pay attention to these things at all. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't even a stigma uh, right. against seasons like Advent so much as a total unawareness. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, you moved seamlessly from the American uh, Thanksgiving holiday into the Christmas celebration, and anything in between, anything that asks you to wait before you start singing your Christmas songs and right, right, decorations right. is, is uh, suspect. And there isn't there isn't any sense of differentiation between Advental hymns and Christmas hymns. Right. I mean, in other words, we go from you know, "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel" to "Joy to the World," yeah. as if we're speaking of the same events. We start singing them all on November 25th and stop singing them all on th- December 25th. That's exactly right. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that, 
that deserves its own episode right there. <laughs> uh, so when we come to the, the, the discussion of the Advent season, what's been something that you've gained over the years about this um, very significant season of the church? Well, I think it highlights or the, the, the practice of expectation makes the celebration of, of Christmas, of the Nativity, more poignant. Uh, and without sounding uh, like it's emotionalism, you're trying to work up some hype. Uh, anything that you want to enjoy seems to deserve the service of expectation. Anything right. that you can await is going to be more enjoyed. And it's uh, my wife makes this lasagna every year for my birthday. And yeah. she spends 48 hours working on this lasagna, making the sauces and putting it all together. And uh, the... Uh, if the way that I honored that labor and, and you know, anticipated that lasagna was going and getting a Stouffer's lasagna and eating it for breakfast and lunch, right, you know, right. up building up to this dinner, I wouldn't enjoy. Uh, it wouldn't mean it wouldn't mean the same thing that that special lasagna at dinner time. Right, right. That's a good illustration. The um, the concept of waiting is sort of a foreign concept to the evangelical ear. Not not so much, you know. Practically, I'm sure every Christian has a sense of what the Bible speaks of patience and waiting and all that. But uh, liturgically and, 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 and chronologically, in other words, if we have a major event like Christmas on December the 25th, if we simply arrive at Christmas without having spent the, the season prior to that in preparation for Christmas, I think eventually over the years it builds a sort of, a, a, it trivializes the event. It becomes uh, merely something you do rather than something you expect. Does that make sense? Yes, mm-hmm. I have um, one of the things that has become a, a little bit of a um, uh, one of my personal frustrations with the, the kind of season we're living in is that when we think of the season of expectation, we we typically go to the fulfillment of it. But the gospel has always been promise and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And Advent and Christmas work together that beautiful gospel paradigm of promise and fulfillment. I think when we skip that, we're we're missing the first portion of the gospel. Uh, the comment that comes to mind when I think of this here is that the reason we have forgotten this sense of promise is because we forget how the Bible functions historically. Mm-hmm. The Bible talks a lot about promises. The Bible, God makes promises continually to his children. And the problem with Israel again and again is that they want to jump to grab the prize before it's time, right? And God punishes them always, uh, consistently, Israel seems to want the prize without the expectation that comes. So when the prize comes, it's it's trivialized. Right. It's just something wrapped under a tree. There's no glory to it. Is that right? Uh, what do you want to do? You want to do that? Uh, no, I I think the wrapped things under a tree is a poignant example because you have kind of that midday malaise on christmas day <laughs> right, 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 right. well we've we've torn open all the packages and yeah. okay i guess that's it, it's over it's over <laughs> it's uh so let, let's assume if if it, we're, i understand we're jumping the gun here but if we <laughs> gave its appropriate uh four weeks let's say for the advent season of expectation planning for uh for what's to come I think Christmas would be hard to be satisfied in one day. Sean, let me ask you sort of a practical question here. What what kinds of things have you done with, with your family and personally over the years to prepare yourself for Christmas during the Advent season? 
Uh, well, we uh, we've been working out over the last couple of years. Uh, By the way, Sean's a father. He's got little kids. Uh, one of the ways this is probably very applicable for uh, those of us with little ones at home looking for ideas for this season here. Yeah, and it's looked very different as we've had kids and uh-huh. as they've grown older. Um, uh, so I'd say we're still developing uh, yeah. our practices, but. Uh, the the common thing is obviously uh, uh, Advent themed scriptural readings, uh, and they're all all manner of arrangements and lists and books and guides that will give you you know uh, the same smattering of, of mm-hmm. scripture references. And uh, because so much of scripture, so much of the Old Testament is a looking forward to an expectation of the Messiah. Uh, and so to, to dwell on those things is certainly a way to prepare our hearts for uh, the celebration of that coming. Right. Uh, uh, we have always used uh, an Advent wreath yeah. with, the, with the four yeah. candles yeah. Uh, and light a new candle each week. And we, we usually gather around and light a candle in the evening and do our readings and then sing um, an Advent hymn. And, and with our kids the last few years, we have uh, picked one hymn, a week, and then each night we kind of sing that hymn and practice it until we get real good at it, yeah. and then the next week we add another one, and yeah. until by the, the end of the season we've got a good uh, repertoire. Repertoire, <laughs> and over the years, I mean, just imagine building that over the years. Oh, yeah. and your children as they get older, this becomes part of, of who they are, right? Yeah. I mean, they're and not going to know anything different, right? Yeah, and our our four year old uh, this year uh, is to the point that. Uh, now that we're talking about the Advent season again, he can just pull out those hymns and, and uh-huh. rattle a few of them off. Uh-huh. That's that's really fantastic. <laughs> Sean, let me talk just a little bit about this idea of uh, expectation uh, personally here. And I think it's more of a, um, it has a lot of practical implications for, for human beings overall. We don't like to wait. <laughs> when you think of this concept of waiting, why is it the Bible gives so much emphasis to this theme of, again, we touched this in the beginning of longing, waiting, expecting. These are big themes. Mm-hmm. Uh, desiring. Um, there's that great Advent hymn, Savior of the nation, come. Mm-hmm. That the nations have this expectation. They're, they're longing. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I think that even, uh, obviously... All of history is oriented toward the incarnation, and so there's a way in which everyone before Christ is um, waiting. Everyone after Adam and before Christ is waiting for this promised Savior. Uh, but even this side of the incarnation uh, and the death and resurrection and ascension of Christ, uh, waiting seems to be a part of the human condition uh, because. We still live in a fallen world, and as much of the wisdom literature tells us, uh, we don't see clearly, and we don't see God's ways, and we don't see God's justice worked out in the way that we would like to, and so the just must live by faith, Mm -hmm. and that often means waiting because um, justice will not ultimately and thoroughly be done until the other side of death, Uh, and so to live is to, to have to wait. Um, for the fulfillment of a great many things, any training uh, that we can get in waiting seems like training in being a better, more faithful human. And so it makes sense that so much of um, God's dealing with us would be training us to right, wait. Right, right. That's, that's, that's really excellent. Yeah, Advent is a waiting training camp. 
Sean, thanks. Uh, this has been a really enjoyable conversation. I really hope uh, those who are listening here, especially those who have um, little to no familiarity with Advent and the season before Christmas, a very rich and meaningful season of Advent, a season of expectation, longing, will uh, seek to learn a bit about it. Maybe this conversation has helped uh, stir some conversation among family members and friends, and we're going to post some links that will help you pursue this topic a little further. Uh, thanks, Sean, for your time. I appreciate this conversation very much. My pleasure.